0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Friday, the 11th day of April, 2014, and today we're reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 46, and today's readers are the 12 steps, Ken, the 12 traditions, Jill, And then Kim, Sharon, R.S., Hoodie, and Lauren. And we're on page 46. I said that we're going to do. We're going to start with yes. We have agnostic temperaments. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 10th day of April, is 6161. O.A. Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Ken to please read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood. four made a searching and fearless moral of, of ourselves. Five. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six were entirely ready to have God fulfill his defects of character. Seven, humbly asked to reprove our shortcomings. as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, trying to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs and our past things.
2: Thank you, Ken. And I will now ask Jill T. to read the 12 traditions, please. Our 1 to unmute, Jill. Monica, this is Melanie. I can do that. I'm sorry,
3: okay. sir, Jill. Can you hear me now? Y-
0: yes, I can, okay. Jill.
3: Go I ahead. apologize. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience.
0: Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker's, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 46, and we are going to begin reading the first full paragraph, Yes, We Have Agnostic Temperaments. And going on to the second paragraph, which is the one that we are going to discuss, but just for to give us a nice flow and what, understand what we're reading, um, that's what we're going to do this morning. And Kim, would you begin reading for us, please?
3: Thanks, Monica.: Yes, We of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God, much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conceptions, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not not make too hard terms for those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. And good morning, all. My name is Kim Jean. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm going to zone in on those last two sentences. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. I have to say my experience in 12-step in programs was I overcomplicated this step two. You know, we talk so much about this is a program of action, program of action, program of action. Well, the first two steps are simply conclusions. I conclude that I'm powerless. And we can see that we spent, you know, the doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution, more about alcoholism trying to come to that conclusion that I'm not only powerless over food, but my life is unmanageable whether I'm eating or whether I'm not eating. And as we get into we agnostics, if we admit that we're powerless, we come to the conclusion that if I'm, if I'm lack of power in my dilemma, I need a power. But OA is not going to tell us what that power needs to be. It's broad, it's roomy, it's inclusive of, of everyone's. People who, you know, in my experience in Over years Anonymous, it's not more the, the people who are athe- atheist or agnostic. It's more the people that come from very specific religions like I did. And the fear was you can't question what God is. You're stuck with this idea of God that you had as a child. Seeing that God through the child's eyes. And what they're saying here is that it's broad and roomy. We're allowed to question we're allowed to say, is this God working for us? Is this power sufficient enough to help us? And if it's not, that I just need to be open. I need to come to that conclusion that I need a power. And that conclusion is going to bring me to step three to make a decision to seek that power. Because the word seek is used in this paragraph twice. We have to earnestly seek. Just coming to the conclusion that there is a God is not enough. And I know for myself that was very confusing. I thought, okay, I need to put the food down and I need to find God and then I'm going to be okay. That is the absolute truth. But because of this mental twist that I have, I am blocked from God. So step two is simply acknowledging I need God. The rest of the work is removing the blocks, removing those blocks so that I can feel God in my life. Just to jump to, to page 60 where they have the ABCs, just to compare it to what I often hear in the rooms, We hear, you know, what are the first three steps? I can't, God can, I think I'll let God. But what is, what is it saying really on page 60? It says that we were alcoholic and couldn't manage our own lives, sober or in the food. That's powerlessness. And B is that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism. We are being taught in the agnostics that we are beyond human aid and that we must have that power. And that C is God could and would if he were salt. But saying that I think I'll let God is still saying I have the power. I'm going to let God because I'm more powerful. I'm going to let God in. And that's what I would do. i let God into certain parts of my life. But other parts, that was my territory. You're not going to control my dating. You're not going to control my money. But God could and would if he were sought. In step two, have you come to the conclusion that you need a power and are you willing to seek? And just to conclude, one of the sayings I've heard often too is that AA does not open up the gates of heaven and let me in, but it opens up the gate of hell and let me out. And I have to say my experience with step two is that this allowed me to open up the gates of hell and let me out. But my experience also is when I live in 10, 11, and 12, when I do the work, these steps do let me into heaven. I have the ability today to experience heaven on earth if I work these steps and make it a part of my design for living. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. And would anyone like to comment on this second paragraph? Melanie. Larry. Go ahead, Melanie. And then I heard who? Larry. Larry. Okay. Melanie and then Larry. Good
3: morning. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. And um, I thought it was really important for me in this particular paragraph to hang on to a few lines. I acknowledge that step two is just a, a place of, momentary willingness. Okay, I get this. Something's not working for me. I get this. And I'll look towards, you know, maybe this afternoon or tomorrow feeling differently. But my attitude is really bad in this step. And it came about when the whole idea started entering into this book because I knew I was sunk. If I had to use that word, that three-letter word in my life anywhere, it it just welled up such a thing, and and it's great to say that step two is an easy deal and not to go to step eleven about and all that kind of stuff. But my experience, as I read this paragraph, was different in my my resistance to it, um, and what I was saying that I needed to cling to was um, the line that's about three or four lines up from the bottom is we found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. And the block was the three-letter word that needed to go away, but the content of that sentence and the next one helped me to come to that place that there was some teeny tiny break in my entire my entire genetic attitude regarding this um, so that I could move forward. And I needed a lot of support with my fellows to continue to to keep me on that aligned idea that I was willing to move forward in in the proof and the promise that, that this journey was going to continue to break down that barrier that built up over pain, brokenness, woundedness, or whatever. So, you know, and for some of us, it's not as as easy as, come on, just get on with it. It's just not. There's all these things and all these players in place that move me through that, honestly. And I I thought that it was important for me to share that that's what I feel that these directions are. And then just to top it off, with, round it out with the idea that there's an entire chapter dedicated to this for the sole purpose of this idea, that perhaps I'm not the only one that had this ire this thing this deal that wells up in us and they're explaining in real clear elementary terms to hang on hang on and just just hang on And move forward hang on and move forward and then it will come to me and I cannot describe to you that there are days even today that there are these these blocks and these attitudes that still kind of well up but it's a far cry from what it used to be and that um, I'm able to more readily grab on to the idea that one this whole deal is not about how I feel. This whole idea is not about what I think. It's about what I do. And if I can make that line right there, what I do, bigger, then those other two things that held me hostage are melting away. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Melanie. Larry, you're up.
4: Good morning, Monica. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, Yeah, as soon as we admitted the the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. You know, I I, I sponsor people. Boy, there was a long time that I didn't sponsor anyone. I had nothing to... All I could share was my disease, boy. But um, but I sponsor people. And I sponsor um, uh, atheists agnostics, all sorts of different people. Um, and this, this is a beautiful program. It's all-inclusive, never exclusive. I love the fundamental principles. So, you know, to me, in, in reading this paragraph, what are the philosophical arguments for an atheist or an agnostic to work the steps, you know, to believe in something outside itself? For me, it really comes down to, you know, a, a purely scientific principle perspective and that is that a theory that works is worth believing in a theory that works is worth believing in and you know i mean you know i've never seen a molecule many of us haven't seen a molecule or an atom yet we believe they exist because they serve to explain how electricity works you know the movement of the stars and so forth. A theory that works is worth believing in. And, you know, the the, the principles of science that we believe in are, are not principles that we can, uh, outside of ourselves, verify other than that they work. That, for me, is a fundamentally strong argument for any agnostic or atheist. Try it because it works. You know, here are thousands of men and women who have, you know, and I'm I'm just one of many, uh, along the long chain of, of people that have, have have found a new paradigm, you know, um, who have met a few simple requirements, the steps, and the problem has been removed for me. So what happened was is that, um, and I like the fact that we're all inclusive, never exclusive, because my it allowed for me in that context for my paradigm to change. In other words, the context in which I understood my problem, and the solution to my problem changed. You know, I mean, if you just think, like, like, you know, the four-minute mile, you know, I mean, there's many examples, but the four-minute mile, up until 1954, are you kidding me? No one's ever going to break the four-minute mile. And then two people did at the Olympics. They trained for it, and they did. Now, today, if you, <laughs> competitively, if you don't run a four-minute mile, I mean, even as a high schooler, you know, so what happened? Well, the paradigm shift shifted. So the, the paradigm that I had before was that there was this barrier, huge, solid steel barrier, you know. I, I mean, the Berlin Wall, you know, was a barrier, and it was guarded on both sides, and then it got shipped away, literally. And people start thinking it shouldn't be here, and it got chipped away literally. You go there today, it's gone. It's not there anymore. So, too, in my mind was a barrier, a self-erected barrier, because the only evidence I had was that I was fat and miserable. My relationships didn't work, and that's that's been removed. And guess what? That was removed when I was still... I mean, not removed in, in the sense of, of the program, working the steps, but my paradigm shifted even while i was still fat and my relationships were horrible and i was you know a poor excuse for a man but that 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 simple shift in my mind so this program really is for people who are willing to work the steps and set aside prejudice you know and 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 that made the difference for me and and i'll just wrap up and say that you know some people have read step 2 as a precondition for going on to the rest of the steps. It's not that. You know, from a big book perspective, it's merely a willingness to try. It's simply an acknowledgement that I have this problem that I can't solve on my own. I'm powerless. You seem to have found a solution that works. I think I'll try your plan. It's no more than that. You know, and um, and, and and so I had to get on. And And what they asked me to do wasn't that big of a deal. Get honest with myself. Get honest with others make restitution for the harms I caused, and look for guidance outside of myself and serve others. Nothing fairly religious about that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
5: This is Bella, can I share?
0: I heard Bella. There was someone else. Have to... Sue G. I'm sorry, I didn't catch. Sue G.
6: from Pennsylvania.
0: Sue, Sue G. Okay. And, okay, I knew I heard someone else. And Janice. All right, Bella, you're first, and then Suji, and then Janice. Thank
5: you. Okay, thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph that I can see and feel the love and support and secure was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him yes a contact before program i grew up religious and i knew that there is god but i wasn't connected with him at all for me god was a punishing somebody that he's waiting for me to see when i'm going to fail and then oh oops i will give you a punishment and i had like a kind of a battle like i wanted to 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 show that yes i have the power at least to control my life yes you god you ha- you are in charge of the universe but i am in charge of my own life and it was a life with fear with anger with sadness with arguments it wasn't a life Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now through the program, I, I, I discover a new God, a loving father and a respectful king. And yes, I am, I am happy to be connected to him. I am so happy. I am so thankful to be connected to, to God. For me, God now is not a, a kind of I have to be scared of, not at all. For me, my connection is love and secure. Yes, I know that God is there for me 24-7. He is holding my hand and He is hugging me with love, with, with respect. And yes, I know that God created me. He created me as a human and not as an angel. And human, yes, I have my own limitations, and therefore I am doing mistakes. And God is there for me, special when I am doing a mistake. And he is there for me to tell me, just open the door for me. I will give you another opportunity to, to learn a new thing, to behave different. And this is the connection the connection with love safe and secure yes and the challenges it's, it's coming from him not as a sign to punishment and not as a sign of put me in the corner yes I am connected to God as as a child yes I am God's child and yes I can I can tell God when it's hard for me when it's painful for me, but not as a punishment. God is there for me 24-7. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Suji, you're next.
0: Hi, can you hear me? I can.
6: Oh, good. Okay. It's Suji, and thanks, Monica, for for your leadership um, of the divine kind, not the tell-us-what-to-do kind. And... um I was thinking about where this fits for me and I like the last sentence. To us the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek oh, the last sentence. It is open, we believe, to all men. Um, well I grew up in an interesting environment. It was intelligent, intellectual, achieving agnostic and all that was okay the part that wasn't was it was run by some addicts and the addicts were insane and so was I so um, I was brought up with this principle of agnosticism it's okay to not know but then that went we must question well that's okay too but then came the insanity. I had to realize more and more that we don't know until it became perfect not knowing. There was no room for knowing in this perfectionism. So I kept studying because it was never enough. And there I am, the addict. I am never enough in my agnosticism. There's never enough not knowing. And and there was that attitude about god that that you had to be weak and foolish only fools would believe in that and yet i i was a fool because i remember as a young child i I had an awareness of god in fact one of the agnostics helped me with that very much when, when she wasn't participating in her food addiction but participating in her her wish to be at one with the world. And, and she told me, God is love. And she helped me with a friend of mine who thought that I was going to burn in hell because of our our uh, ethnic religious background. And that really stood me in good stead. <laughs> okay, God is love. Well, that's sufficient. That's a good starting point. But But I always returned to my insanity until I could... Really look at that and and see the last part of that step two restore us to sanity. Oh, and so I became a mental health professional and I was helping a lot of people. I really was. I was very effective restoring their sanity. Um, and where was mine going? Um, so this program has opened me to both parts of. Step two, and I think wherever we reach it, that's what we have to realize. We have, we have to know what the truth is for us in the connection to the higher power and that that of course the the full thing came to me working all the steps in, in recovery but but the beginning of it, just just that idea God is love that that helped me in good stead when I would turn to it and, and the step two reminds me that this power could it could restore me to sanity. And that's all I needed to know. It could. So thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Suji. And Janice, you're up.
7: Yes, good morning. Ida. You.
0: Janice, go ahead, please.
7: Thank you, Monica. Good morning to you and everyone. My name is Janice M. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I love the first sentence. Much to our relief. The people that are already, you know, The the alcoholics that have recovered, they felt the same way. They're relieved now. What are they relieved? That here's a do not, that we do not need to consider another's conception of God.
8: What a relief.
7: You know, we, we went through Bill's story. Use your own conception. Well, you see, that's what I was convinced of. I was convinced that I had to believe the way that my mother believed, the way that my grandmother believed, the way that I was taught in religious school to believe. So this is a relief. This is the this is where I cast aside that first old idea. And that was my first prejudice. Okay, I don't have to believe like I was brought up. Is it possible that there's another way that I can believe? That's what it means. I'm so happy to know. That, like I said, I can cast aside that old those old that one that old idea that I had about a conception of god that's that's when my new idea began, and uh it was possible, so that's an opening of my mind, and that's all this this step is telling me to do. Open your mind. You don't have to define any God right now. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to go into any theological and, and, you know, intellectual definition. Use your own, no matter how inadequate it is. Just know that it's not me because I know I'm powerless. I mean, uh, that's why I I had no other resources. So, okay, what is left for me to do? But open my mind and believe in a possibility. And then uh, the possibility, I mean, that's a great thing. Oh, yeah, is it possible? Yeah, it could be. And then, of course, earnestly seek. Well, let me tell you about when I wanted something bad enough. (laughs) Did I seek it? Oh, did I seek it? I didn't care if it was food or if it was another person or if it was a boyfriend. Uh, I seeked. You know, and I got it, and, and I thought until I, until I got it. So how how important is my recovery today? How desperate am I to get out of this mirror of swampy existence? How important is it? It was very important because I couldn't live this way anymore. So I earnestly listened and sought and said there's no other way. So I'm going to open my mind, Janice. Open your mind. Don't be so close-minded about not only God, other things. And um, thank you, God, it came through these simple steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you,
0: Janice. And I think I heard an Ida. Go ahead, Ida.
3: Hi, I'm Ida compulsive overeater reader from um, Pennsylvania. You know, I look at this um, as the second step and the first step kind of leaves me hopeless um yeah i'm I admitted i'm powerless over food and that my life is unmanageable okay so where do i go from here i see uh keywords here humility humility um in accepting that i'm broken i am broken and yet Is it by no mistake that it is the second step that says, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity? Where do I go if I don't have any hope? And step two says to me, here's your hope. Um, It's speaking to me as an agnostic or as an atheist or whatever. It's the lifeline. It's the the thing that's going to save me. It gives me so much hope, and I look at this like there's an answer. Here's my answer, and all I have to do is, hello, it's like the basis of the whole program, be humble and accept the lifeline. Broken and humble from the first step to being humble in the second step. And I've heard many times, if God scares you out of these rooms, Don't worry about it, because food will scare you back in. And we got you covered. So thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, Ida. And this is Monica, and I am a compulsive overeater. I get a lot of hope also out of this paragraph. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception, another's design, another's thought, another's idea of God. Woohoo that opens up a lot of doors our own conception however inadequate was sufficient to make the approach so whatever conception whatever idea whatever design whatever thought i want to come up with that i feel comfortable with is is enough to begin it's 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 sufficient to begin and we all need a beginning spot and this makes it so simple just willingness to believe that there's something greater than me that all these other people have said yes there is there is something out there we're not asking you to define it you don't have to understand it you don't have to have it all figured out monica just have a willingness to believe that there's something and these recovered people are saying yes and thousands of others are saying yes There is a power. It's worked for me, and it can work for you. And all you got to do is seek it. And you do that by doing the steps. And to us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, inclusive, inclusive, far and wide-reaching, never exclusive or forbidding. So... Uh, inclusive, very far, very wide-reaching, you know. It's this huge, huge, huge opening. It's not a little tiny knothole. What hope? What hope? And I don't have to figure out and understand what this God thing is right now. All I need is a willingness, you know. My way had not worked. That's what my experience showed me. All my years did not work. And this whole chapter is trying to get us to set aside our old prejudices, our old ideas. Well, all my old ideas didn't work. Was I willing to try a new idea? Or like we said before, was I willing to try a new experiment, a scientific experiment, if that makes you feel better? What you got to lose? And with that, I'm going to pass, and let's move on to the next paragraph. And Sharon, could you read for us, please?
9: Good morning, Monica, and good morning to all of you wonderful people on the line. This is Sharon, and I am in recovered compulsive overeager. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things, which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception of God, however limited it was. So this is a very... um, I... uh, It's an exciting paragraph. I always like it when I get freedom from something, from in some way, and it's very freeing. It frees us from judgment. It frees us from feeling that uh, we're flawed in any way. We don't have to feel that uh, whatever what we have isn't good enough. This frees us from all of that. Because it says whatever you have is good enough. Wherever you are is just fine. Where you are is where you are. And when you come to the rooms, when you come into this program, we take you just where you are. And that's the perfect place to be right now. What I'd like to point out also is a few words that it says, a few phrases, at the start, commence. To begin, these are. This is the beginning. We're starting. Okay, here you are. You're right where you are. Let's get started. At the start, my faith. When I started, I came from a a, a, um, a spiritual background. I grew up in a in a church community, but. I was disillusioned with it because I didn't like what I saw. I felt like the people were hypocritical. They maybe said one thing on Sunday and lived another way the rest of the week. And for me, I felt like I was going to be different. I was going to be better and I was seeking a better way and I was going to be spiritual and live really, truly, honestly, I was going to be what on the inside, what I was on the outside, I was going to be true. And yet I kept coming up short and I became a compulsive overeater where I couldn't control my food. I couldn't stop eating. And so I, I, I felt like my faith couldn't sustain me. I loved my God. I loved my God dearly. I felt like I had a A good relationship, a believing relationship, yet, and I believed my God could, and I believed my God would, but what happened is my God couldn't. So, there was something, there was a disconnect. It wasn't working. God couldn't help me. And if you're beyond God's help, what a horrible state. So, I was desperate, I was despondent, I was hopeless. Someone sent me to the rooms, and I saw hope, and I got hope. And I believed, and I saw that this group of people could. They could help me because they helped themselves. I saw them, that they had it. They had recovery. They had the light in their eyes. They had joy in their heart, and they, and they reached out their hand to me. So they could, and they would. They would help me. But could I, would I? And I decided I would. I threw myself headlong into the program that they offered me, this program of recovery, reading the book, studying it, writing, um, calling. Uh, Yes, I have to say people put down the tools of recovery. I used every one of them. Reading, writing, calling, uh, anonymity, I used them all. I um, worked the steps. And I used the, the, the fellowship to support me. And it wasn't long before I realized, it was a very short period of time, before I realized that this group of people who I had accepted as a, as a God to me, I had faith, I believed. But what they did was put my hand in the hand of God. And then I had a relationship with my higher power in a way that I could only have imagined. And then I realized that in order to keep my hand in the hand of God, because I'm an addict, I had to always have this group of people with me. I could never let them go because they were sustaining me in my relationship with my higher power. They were keeping us together. So my my as it, as it says here, we begin and then we grow. And so my relationship with my higher power continues to grow and continues to evolve. I have to stay open to that evolution because I'm flawed. I don't get perfect, and that relationship has to grow. But I can't do it without the fellowship of recovered people who help sustain me in that relationship. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon.
2: And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Leah. Leah, go ahead. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody.
8: This is Leah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I, too, wanted to focus in on, you know, this paragraph, the language. At the start, this is all we needed to commence spiritual growth uh, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood Him, and then further on it says, "But if we wish to grow, we had to begin somewhere." Um, you know, this is just a beginning. The Big Book is actually being quite gentle at this point. One does not have to believe; only be willing to believe. You know, where, wherever you're, <laughs> wherever you're at, is good enough as long as you have willingness. Um, You know, if if willingness is the key to unlock the gates of hell, it's going to be your action steps that open those doors so that you can eventually walk freely. Um, You know, but we have to be willing. We have to be willing uh, to open our minds and at least uh, move forward in that way. But you don't have to understand it. You will experience it through the steps. You know, in that previous paragraph, it said, We began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction provided, meaning, there's a condition, on condition that, or if, what, if I took other simple steps. We don't have to have any great emotion at this point. We don't have to have any concrete evidence or no particular feeling about it. Uh, we're, we're, we're willing to move forward without any knowledge, without any certainty, without any real uh, specific evidence or feeling. However, perhaps the evidence might be recovered compulsive overeaters who all come together, who wrap this globe, who, who, who all have a higher power uh, according to their own personal understanding, and that power has transformed us, and that power has restored us to sanity, maybe that's evidence. Maybe that's evidence. Um, you know, step two, again, when it says commence, to begin and at the start. Step two only requires that we be willing to try to find our higher power. That's all. Our willingness is enough to start the process of working the 12 steps. And when we work the 12 steps, because that is the provision, that is the necessity in order to have an effect, right? Uh, When we work the 12 steps, we find that we will automatically become sane in relation to food without any effort on our part in dealing with food. But that's at the end of step nine. That's not now. That's not now at two. So, so all you have to do if you're atheist and agnostics, according to the big book, is don't despair. <laughs> just do the steps. The big book guarantees that if you do the steps, by the end of step nine you will have a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And in the words of the big book, that is a spiritual awakening. And if someone comes in, those people that come in that are believers, and I've worked with uh, countless believers in Overeaters Anonymous, the big book teaches that the steps remove the blockage between them and their God. And those believers end up affirming their faith in deep and more meaningful and mystical ways than they ever did before. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. I know when I sat across the table from someone who had recovered uh, in the obsession of the mind had been driven out for him, and he cracked open these pages and brought them to life, I left that meeting with him uh, with something I came in without, and that was hope. I left that meeting with him with hope (laughs) that even I, too, a spiritual midget, someone who had no concept of a God at all, really nothing, nothing offered. The well had been dry for many, many, many years in this department. I left that conversation with him with hope, with hope that even me, (laughs) who had no real concept of anything, uh, could make a beginning, could commence, could start. And as long as I continue through these steps, I too could be free. And indeed, that's true. That is true. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Leia. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one then. Anne Hoodie, can you read the next paragraph for us, please? Lauren S. from Pittsburgh?
10: Lauren S. from Pittsburgh?
2: Would you like to share on this paragraph?
10: Oh, yes.
7: Go ahead, please.
10: Okay. Um, I'm just setting my... Okay. Um S. from Pittsburgh, a recovered compulsive overeater.
2: Okay. All
10: right. Um <clears throat> so we used our own conception. How however limited oh my gosh, what's going on here? However limited that was. And um I I have here my book even as simple as I'm willing to believe in the past, haven't I believed in money things and people? So, um, you know, this is going to allude to uh, further paragraphs on, we actually have put faith in things. And, okay, and, and, uh, Okay, so when I was going through step three, I didn't have faith in a power. I didn't have trust in a power because to have faith, I would have had to experience a relationship with God to trust that it's going to work, that I can be recovered, that these miracles can happen. But I didn't have that. I just had the trust in other people that were recovered, people from a vision for you, And my sponsor from OA were the only beacons of hope I had that I could get recovered. I had no idea if I'd ever make it till tomorrow or sponsor or get recovered. So I put the faith that God worked in their lives and perhaps, perhaps he could work for me too. So I did the same thing my sponsor did, which is, go intensely through the book, and this is telling me, this is telling me that I have put faith in money, in other people, in, in, um, you know, when I was seven, I put my faith in Santa Claus, um, I, I put my faith and trust in, in, um, in God when I was growing up, when I was younger, um. I put my faith and trust in things like the seasons, like I had a belief that the seasons would occur. Um, I I just, now I have a faith and trust in God, but I didn't have that in step two. And um, And I'm going to close. I have written in my book, page 229, And I know we don't get to read that together, so paragraph two. Um, Okay, this is on a story called The Vicious Cycle. And this person writes, um, okay, I was still a theological rebel that the word God should be qualified with the phrase as we understand him, for that was the only way I could accept spirituality. And I I have that underlined, so that really stuck out to me when I was reading that. Because that's true. Look look at yourself. Are you a theological rebel? Are you a theological rebel? And, um, oh, my gosh. Okay. Thank you very much. I will pass.
0: Thank you, Lorna. Well, this is Monica, and we're almost at the end of our time here. So instead of going on to the next paragraph here, When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. Again, they're saying this to us, okay? They said it to us in the last paragraph and are saying it again, your own conception. Whatever your own idea, plan, design, or thought that you can be comfortable with right now is a beginning point. That's all we need. And that's so important. I needed a beginning spot. And um, so that that gives me some relief there. And again, they're warning us here, please don't let any prejudices, any old ideas you have against spiritual terms deter you here. So when we're using the word God, yeah, it might make the hair stand up on the back of your neck, but we're asking you to, to try to set that aside. You know, and allow some, something else to come in. If you don't like that, come up with your own name, your own word, your own concept of something you can be comfortable with, that you can have something to start with. And it's going to grow. It, it, cannot, it cannot but change as a result of going through the steps. You know, you work this stuff six months from now, a year from now, you look back over your shoulder, and everything is so much different as a result of doing this work. So they said, start with wherever you are. It's okay. It's enough. And then it says, you know, after we found ourselves accepting many things which then seem entirely out of reach. And that's just what I was just saying, you know, start with whatever is comfortable for you and you can grow from there. It can go on from there. And that our own conception, whatever it is, however limited it might be right now, it is enough. You know, was there ever anything enough for me in life? No, but they're telling me, why don't you try this, you know? All I knew was, I was hopeless. My way was not working. And a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. And I was so sick. And they're saying, do this, it works. And it's promised, if you do this work, it will work for you too. And we've come to the end of our time this morning. So I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer.
2: And Hoodie, could you please read for us from a vision for you? Star 1 to unmute, Hoodie.
11: Sorry about that. This is Hoodie, Um, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, thank you so much for the service, and yes, that small commitment that was necessary and willingness to go to any lengths, um, to just, you know, just have that commitment that I wanted to change and I was ready to do anything that anyone would tell me. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass with him. Um, for you and countless others, this is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him. God, admit your fault to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely